welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Joining me from Sacramento, Aaron Schroeder. Good to see you, Nate. I'm on the new laptop. I Maybe I sound better, but I definitely look Ooh. better. New laptop, new year. Any New Year's resolutions? Um, Man, get off my phone more, be more active. Try to reset the dopamine in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh. a TikTok of some guy staring at a clock for 24 hours. I think I need to do that. I think that'd be a good reset. I don't know that that's any better than just staring at your phone for 24 hours. Like No, it's it, it well it's the difference between only dopamine and and nothing at all. <laughs> and so I'd get the nothing at all, complete reset, it'd be a new life. Okay. Uh that's good luck with that. I I have one new year's resolution that I do every year. Uh it's my I know I'm going to fail a new year's resolution. So I always just say, hey, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to pick up smoking. <laughs> That's funny. I haven't succeeded yet. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, folks. I, I think this will be your year for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we had two major events happen in the NBA in the last week. Uh, it's been two weeks since we talked, but really, last like 24 hours. We had the Pistons win a basketball game, something that should not bring us as much joy as it is. But here we are. How are we feeling? I feel great about it. It was a lot of fun. I think it's like the most I honestly the most I paid attention to one team other than my own in a long time because like you had you had to watch those games. If the Pistons were on, you're like, man, like, are they going to lose again? Like, what's that going to be like? And just like laughing at Isaiah Livers minutes and whatnot. But honestly, during the middle of the streak, I'd made a video saying like, I don't know what a Pistons win looks like. This team is so far away from beating anybody. But the things that change is, well, Jalen Duran got healthy and yeah. he gives them such an inside presence. Like he's like 15 rebounds per game in the past couple of games. But Cade Cunningham just started to play like he was pretty good, but the Pistons were good enough to like, I'm going to win these games on my own. In the last five, he's averaging 30 points, eight assists, five boards, over 50% shooting. He looks like that crazy number one overall pick, this huge point guard that can facilitate from anywhere, get his shot over anyone. I think Cade's just looked awesome. That's the, that's the biggest piece, even in their losses against Boston and stuff. I think that's huge because I was starting to get to the point where I was, I was kind of questioning Cade. I know it seems crazy to question a guy who was hurt his rookie year, kind of limited, got slow rolled into the NBA, and then really hurt his second year. It's, like, it's not like he's had a ton of time to get better, but I still just... You know, it's kind of questioning. It was like a high turnover to assist ratio. Um, the shooting was a lot of shots and not the most efficient scoring. Um, but the last couple of games, he's really turned a corner and looked really good. You know, I, I think one of the big things that's helped has been Bogdanovich coming back, that increase in spacing. And like crazy as it is, I mean, Kevin Knox was 0 for 6 from beyond the arc against Boston, but he shoots him. He doesn't dribble into the mid range and then try to, you know, hit that mid floater like a Killian Hayes or try to attack the basket again like a Sar or Jade and Ivy would like actually having someone that's pulling from three make or miss but forcing the defense to come try to defend you is actually a valuable skill who saw that one coming not me I'm still not there really I'm not sure if Kevin Knox is the story of the game it is interesting with Bogdanovich they said they're not going to trade him people kind of clowned on them for that but I think they're right in you not can't. moving him you can't because you'll never win again like he is so important because he is a very good scorer. He can get the 20 points per game. He can create his own shot. He can catch and shoot. Like, it's it's a level of competency that, like, you know, hey, if you were looking at winning 35 games and you had a somewhat competent team around Cade, yeah, move off Bogdanovich. He's not on your timeline. You've gotten what you needed from veterans. I, I feel crazy saying this, 
But I really liked what the Pistons did in the offseason. I was a very big fan when we were doing our offseason pods because I was like, all right, bring in and Joe Harris, that is an A-plus shooter. All right, we're bringing in Monte Morris, a secondary ball handler, a 40% three-point shooter. And, like, you put those guys next to Cade, and, like, it, it's good. It works. That, that would be a good plan. And then a lot of the season, they haven't had uh, Monte Morris. Apparently, Joe Harris is just beyond unplayable Will be with the injuries. I don't know. I was looking back a couple of years. I was probably thinking of a different Joe Harris, this like, or him at a different stage. I didn't realize he was this bad. Um, so not not taking the L on the Joe Harris, this stock that I was holding. But um, like, like I, we all saw it. We all knew what they needed. They needed shooting and spacing. I don't think it's a coincidence that they hit forty three percent of their threes in the first game they win. That's the way to win. That's the way. That's the way you get there. I mean, previously with no Bogdan Bojan. Bojan. With no Bojan, they um, simply didn't have the three-point shooting to beat anybody. And I think you saw that. What's interesting is, like, heading forward, I actually, like, if they can trade for even somewhat good bench pieces, I could see them starting to head in the right direction in terms of, of winning games semi-consistently at a rate that isn't, like, the historical worst. But every, like, Isaiah Livers or James Wiseman minute makes me want to rip my head off. They have the worst bench in the league by just a massive margin. Alec Burks was pretty good in their win against Toronto, but, like, the three he took against Boston at the end of that game... Did yeah. you catch that out of the timeout? I had tweeted that he should have one of those like those like neural chips implanted like they do in like Suicide Squad. And like if he ever takes it through like that again, they just blow his fucking head off. Just right there on the court. And I'd like that been he it would be deserved, because that's just like Cade was cooking at that point. It's a whole other story. Cade was like 13 to 16, played the entire second half, and he just launched that three. I don't think we could ever say it's deserved to put a chip that blows up a man's head in an NBA player. <laughs> oh, if it gets to 27 or 28 straight losses and you take a game losing three after your after your teammate has had 30 second half points and has made the last like four baskets in a row, I, I do think death is an acceptable punishment. I was going to say, except for maybe like a Draymond Green circumstance where like if you punch one more person, we just we have to do this. Um, <laughs> David Stern would have uh, he would have approved. Do you, do you think there was something in the league office? Because I mean, the next thing we've got to talk about is the OG the Knicks Raptors trade do you think there was something in the league office that was like listen if you guys are going to pull off this deal it has to be done where these guys can't play against the Pistons we need the Raptors to lose to the Pistons and we need there to be some excuse because like we don't th th this is fe feels fairly excusable you're like ah the Raptors coming off a of back-to-back minus three key rotation players finally had a bench worse than the Pistons and what are these benchments that they're giving uh Otto Porter Jr. in the year of our Lord 2023 playing seven minutes, the bad McDaniels brother, Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young. <laughs> the bad McDaniels brother, that's so mean. <laughs> Listen, one of them is like a defensive god. Uh, and, yeah. you know, as Shams tweeted out, future Depoy candidate. Uh, sure. Just the most ridiculous uh, tweet for him signing his extension. And the other one's like 0 for 3 against the Pistons in 17 minutes of action. Okay. I think, yeah, that's I think fair. the bad McDaniels brother is a is a valid thing to say at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect storm. And I mean it wasn't a hot take, but I had said like, come on, like the Pistons are winning this one. They're playing well enough. The Raptors first aren't that good. Secondly, they're down OG and uh, and the rest of like Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn and like it's the it's the perfect timing for the Pistons to finally win a basketball game. How did you feel about the OG trade? Oh okay. I'm I'm firmly in the camp that the Knicks 
stole this trait. I I okay. don't I don't understand people who have any other takeaway from this because OG is the perfect defensive three and D component that will work really nicely with the Knicks. Like he does the thing that you wanted Barrett to do, which is play defense against the other team's best, really one through three and a half, like one through four, um, and then space the floor. Like part of the reasons why the Knicks offense has been so bad is Barrett is just trash in the half court. And if you've got him out there, you can help off of him and not be worried about him doing anything. So like, I think OG is by far the best player in this trade. I think Emmanuel quickly is the second best player in this trade. But I, I really worry because he's a small scoring guard who doesn't do a lot of playmaking. Maybe he just has that it's like in him and we'll see it later now that he's in Toronto and kind of be the starter. But he's going to be a free agent this summer, a restricted free agent. Raptors are probably going to have to pay him a fair amount of money. Like I kind of see this as a little bit of both sides being like, man, we don't want to have to pay our guy. Who wants to pay our guy? Like who, who's going to trade for the privilege of paying our guy? too much money than he deserves. And I think if you're the Knicks, this works out much better for you. I'm basically in the same camp in terms of the trade. I don't know if I'd go as far as as robbery or fleecing or anything, but... Absolute robbery. <laughs> I, I felt like looking at it, OG was the best player in the deal. In the second step, like, okay, well, did they give up a ton of future assets to get the best player? The answer is, of course not. Like yeah. a second round pick. And I like, I actually really like Quickly. I think defensively, he, he's a lot of fun. And then he's just the spark plug scorer, which is a, kind of a rare combo. The RJ piece, I just like, I don't know. I could picture him seeing better vibes in Toronto. Get to do more, more of what he wants. It's, like, it's not like the Tibbs like, chokehold of, like, per, you must play perfectly and, and no, really no room for creation or creativity or freelancing of any kind unless you will find yourself back on the bench which barbaret had done quite a bit this season he's he's the lowest minutes per game this career but i could see there's a chance barrett breaks out into a better player that's the one thing that worries me but as it stands the the rap the knicks got the best player and didn't give up all too much so i see it a little bit and this will hit home for you i see it like the halliburton sabonis trade the knicks are in the pacer well, the Knicks are in the Kings situation of we have seen how far this roster can go with these players. You know, we can either tear it down, rebuild, or if we're going to go with our guys and try to make this push, we need to give up the young assets and take the guy who is going to help us over the next three to five years the most. And right now that is OG Ananobi. And like maybe for the Raptors quickly or Barrett blossoms in the same way Tyrese Halliburton did, but also maybe not. And like if I have to bet on giving him more creation attempts and that being a good thing, I don't think that's a good thing for Barrett. And if I have to bet on him and Pascal Siakam and Jakob Pertl in the same offense, uh, that that seems like a really bad cluster. Now, maybe we're not going to see that because it sounds like the Raptors are actively pursuing Pascal Siakam trades, but I, I don't know. I, I've kind of looked into a couple of those trades. I don't think that you're going to get a, a, a great shooter for Pascal. Um, unless you're really interested in Buddy Healed, but like it, there doesn't seem to be a good uh, a good trade package where I'm like, oh yes, you're getting Carson Wallace. Maybe, maybe Carson Wallace is the guy. Maybe getting him from Kaysan? OKC. Carson. I don't think there's an. I don't Kaysan? think there's an R. Is there not? I think it's just Kason. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. just Kason. Well, it's, it's a tricky name. It it, it, it does for a loop for sure. Why doesn't he have an R in his name? What is going on with this? <laughs> yeah, Kason Wallace. But if you know, I mean, getting him or Isaiah Joe from. From OKC, now you've got a guy who could help space the floor if, if a future Pascal trade happens. But like, I, I don't know. Um, I think this maybe makes the Knicks the fifth best team in the East 
and I think it that doesn't help the Raptors that much. So it, it's a big to do about not much. I think this is just the first domino that's coming. But for the Knicks, I mean, would you rather have OG under a big contract or RJ Barrett OG. under a big contract? Right. And so that's where we're at. They, they essentially just flipped that, the rights to do that. But I think for Toronto, you're looking at like a rebuild that's finally might happen. If this is a retool, if this is not a rebuild, and this is another retool to try to get 38 wins, Masai Ujiri loses his good GM badge. He traded. I I just there's no way you can you can say what he's doing is reasonable. If this is another retool, this has to go into this Yakup. This has to go into the Yakup Pertle trade. Although that kind of leaves him in no center. So that's a different conversation. You have to tear this down. You can't you can't trade away OG for RJ Barrett and say, all right, we're going to we're going to retool and keep pushing like that's insanity. The Raptors are 12 and 20. That's terrible. That's a horrible record. Like they're they're worse than the Bulls who started the season like imploding on themselves and now we're playing better since Zach Levine got hurt. Well, the Bulls have the god Kobe White and they have uh yeah. Andre Drummond who's just suddenly how remembered how to get 20 <laughs> plus rebound games. It's Chicago is uh has figured out less is more apparently. Seriously, and it's like if you're worse in the less is more bulls who just realize that their stars are actually worse in their bench pieces, tear it down, please. But the Siakam piece is interesting. I love him for the Thunder. I said in the last podcast with Dylan that if I'm trading with the Thunder, I'm not taking the average deal. Like, I'm not going to, I know how much assets they have. I, I would ask for more just because like, I don't want to be the team that, that lets OKC build like the, the giga dynasty, the super dynasty, the dynasty to end all dynasties. Cause just cause they have all these picks and these great young players, I'd be like, no, like you owe me. It's like the, the thunder tax. I get one extra first round pick just because you're the one making the deal. Which I mean, the thunder can absolutely do that. They also can put in enough other just decent pieces to make things work i feel like i feel like that's not the worst thing to like like the thunder are not going to be completely hamstrung and like they'll make deals if if and when they ever decide to make deals i do I want to touch... be hamstrung go ahead oh I, I was just gonna say that i do want to kind of touch on the next two other pieces it's like as a raptors guy i've watched a lot of precious chua I was actually a huge Preston Chua guy coming in in the draft. Um, and I was like, he's going to Miami. This is going to be the perfect situation where he's going to learn. He's going to work hard. He could be like the future Bam Adebayo. And then got moved to Toronto. And I was like, ah, this is great. They know how to develop players. They can, you know, they developed Pascal. They developed some of these other like late picks. And he still just hasn't quite blossomed. Um, he's kind of the worst type of undersized stretch four because he's, I mean, stretch five. Like he doesn't hit a ton of threes but he does like to shoot them. He's not big enough to like be a, a rim-running lob catcher. He doesn't have the post moves of like a Montrez Harrell to score down low. He really is a, a highly athletic and switchable defensive center, but who's not big enough to guard other teams like big centers, um, and then not not good enough to like ever give the ball to on the post. So he is, he is kind of caught in no man's land, and I'm interested to see how the Knicks use him. I hope they do use him. With Mitchell Robinson going out, their need for center depth is kind of pressing. They're playing like 90-year-old Taj Gibson, and if that just gets rid of the Taj minutes... I think it'd be a valuable signing or a valuable trade piece. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they they filled a hole in terms of backup center. They got the best player. I think that's a, that's a win in terms yeah. of uh, New York stuff. And then Malachi Flynn is just an agent of chaos. And like, I feel like I watch him play and half the time, like, oh my God, maybe the Raptors had something with Flynn because he's like getting out there and he's disruptive and he's pushing the pace. And then other times I'm like, 
dear God, can we just bench Flynn and never play him again? Just send him to Siberia, lock him up, throw away the key because he's just the, just turnover right and left, overly aggressive defense, causing fouls. I think I think Tibbs is really going to like him. Like, don't don't be surprised if he gets more minutes than Emmanuel quickly was getting in some games. Like, it feels like an irrational Tibbs love guy. Just another guy to bury Quentin Grimes in the depth chart. Grimes, <laughs> you were in multiple fantasy leagues with me. I have Quentin Grimes, or I had Quentin Grimes in all of them. I've started dropping Quentin Grimes, except for our dynasty leagues, because I'm like, he was supposed to be the guy. It's over. Nah. I don't know. I don't know what he did. I don't know who he pissed off. But Tibbs, if there's one thing about Tibbs, he holds grudges. He's going to remember that shit. He's going to be like, no, you turn the ball over. Minute 40 left in the second quarter, six months ago, against the Wolves. I remember it. Do you remember it? I think about it every day. Oh, that that would be Tibbs, but you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like he's going to love his effort and his defensive intensity and be like, I don't care that he shot zero for eight. Like, we're putting him back in. I don't know why Tibbs got Southern, but... I like the Southern Tibbs accent. Um, I was going to say earlier about the Thunder. At some point, they are going to be hamstrung, not by assets, but in terms of salary. Like, you can only Mm. pay so many of these great players. And so, like, even if they have, they had the ability to roster the greatest team of all time. Can they afford it? Because there's, their Chet's going to get the max extension. Jalen Williams is going to get the max extension. SGA's already on the max extension. Other players who I'm surely forgetting are are going to be pricey as well. And at some point, they have to consolidate, even if it means getting rid of players that are really good. Well, and that is kind of another problem right now is if they wanted to trade their picks and a player. They don't have good salaries to do that. Davis Bertans is at 17 mil. You could combine him and Dort and get up to 32 mil. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to put in Dort, like Misich is your next highest guy that you'd consider trading at 7.7. So like that's 24 mil. What's 24 mil going to get you? Technically could get you Laurie Markkinen, but it's probably going to get you more like Jordan Clarkson. At that point, is that even worth it? Is Jordan Clarkson even even that guy? I don't think I want Jordan Clarkson minutes on this team. I don't think he fits in at all. No, no, but just... There are, there are other options, and I've actually gone through and kind of made a list of 11 players who I think to various degrees are interesting names to watch for the deadline. All right. Do you want to start at the top of that list or the bottom of that list? I ranked them the by bottom. how good they are. The bottom. All right. Evan Fournier. Awesome. <laughs> Glad we started here. Um, Fournier is, is just salary filler at this point. I mean, Fournier is salary filler. Um, I've seen it's two years left on... Uh, one of the trade things, but I want to say that second year is a, a team option. So I'm pulling up on Hoops Hype. Yeah. Yeah. So right I'll, now I'll it, it's 18.8 million of basic expiring, and the Knicks have multiple extra first round picks. Who do you think they might go after? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to send Evan Fournier and a first round pick to Sacramento for Harrison Barnes. That's the deal. I've, that, I've, I've drawn this deal up long ago. I had it cooking. That Barnes That's is mean. better than Fournier. Mean to who? <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Barnes is People better than watch Fournier. basketball. Yeah, because Fournier, Fournier is very bad. If you were saying anything other than Barnes is better than Fournier, <laughs> we might have to get something looked at. Do you have a therapist? Do we need to talk to them? No, I think it's a great trade because, uh, I mean, any more Harrison Barnes minutes, I'm going to start ripping my teeth out. And um, he would be, uh, he'd be, be, he'd be better than Fournier for the Knicks. Some more wing depth, uh, a savvy veteran that doesn't mind playing forty minutes a night. He'd be perfect for Tibbs, and we get a first round pick. Okay, good, good. That's my. <laughs> what don't you like about it? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know how that helps the Knicks. I mean, he's just, I guess he's Barnes a savvy is veteran. better. 
Man, Barnes is better. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to cash out that chip, you want to cash out that chip for something. I see them more going the like, we're attaching five first for this, and we're going for Laurie Markinen. We're, we're going for the biggest name. I don't feel like Markinen's available. I really I don't, don't. I feel like... I don't think so either, but it... The, the Jazz have at least thrown his name out there. Yeah, people keep mentioning, like, oh, like, he's not going to want to stay. But, like, I guess why Why would the Jazz, who aren't going to sign big free agents, no one's going to Utah, who aren't going to be able to be in those soup stakes, like, they have this really good player who might just be like, yeah, I'm fine playing here. Just make sure I have the, the money for it, like, the contract's given out. And there's no reason to rush it. Like, they're not winning jack shit anyways. He's not, he's not good enough to, to, to make their lottery odds worse. No, but he is good enough to fetch them a number of first round picks. Like, yeah, it could be anything. It could be even another Laurie Marketing. The price would have to be good enough because you don't know if you're Utah. Like, it's just so hard to, to maintain guys. All right. Well, here's what the Knicks can also offer they can offer Dallas's top 10 protected pick this year, they can offer the Pistons top 18 protected that goes down in protections for like the next three or four years. I, I don't know if that one ever converts. Um, so I think that's like three or four years down the road, it just eventually becomes two seconds. They can offer the Wizards top 12 protected this year, which has, also has rolling protections. They can offer a Bucks top four protected next year. They can also offer their own picks, which historically Knicks picks have been pretty solid. And then a couple of uh, second round on swap rights with Detroit and uh, Washington. Like, you know, you've, you've got some options to give. So that, that seemed interesting at all sounds like just enough to get harrison barnes but really i think marketing is a great candidate i mean he seems to fit in anywhere every team could use like the 610 sharpshooter that could yeah. hit the ball on the ground and whatnot um he's not as incredible as he was last season at least statistically but i still i still feel pretty good about uh a lot of teams are going to be calling the jazz for him. yeah all right too much time on evan fucking fournier who's the, who's, who's the next guy uh number 10 is jordan clarkson who had made a video about okay. a, a few minutes or not a few minutes, a couple of days ago, and I had said that he's on twenty three million for the next couple of years. That was not true. He's on twenty three million this season, and then drops to fourteen the next two years. Which I think at fourteen mil, that is a nice contract to have around. And like, I'm less worried about age thirty four marketing at fourteen mil as I was at uh, at twenty four mil. What could the Suns give up to get him? Is that even possible? The Suns are such a fucking dumpster fire. I could rag on them all day. It's like the worst constructed team in the league. Um, At 24 mil this season, they'd be looking at giving up Yusuf Nurkic and Nasir Little. <laughs> no, see, no, it's like that. This All right, Suns tangent. Worst constructed team in the league. So top heavy, you can't even afford to trade for good players because it would eliminate your entire depth just i just i can't believe katie's done this shit again it's not like his fault necessarily but i'm gonna blame him anyways I'll, I'll say it's his fault yeah sure we can say it's all right never mind it's his fault and i am and i'm blaming him too he wants to play with superstars so badly because he's not he isn't built well enough he isn't built for the top he isn't built to be the guy he just isn't he just isn't he can't be the best he like he could be the best player on a title team but he can't be like the alpha he can't be like the top guy so he wants to play with steph curry he wants to play with james harden and Kyrie. he wants to play with booker but when you play with superstars you don't get role players you don't get all these elite role players i know like i know katie goes to medishpia and it's like yeah man it was me and steph curry and clay and draymond that shit was crazy can we do that again and it's like no you can't just recreate the greatest team ever built and, and try to win titles that way like you have to you it had to be him and booker and depth 
and the fact that they went out and got Beal, which Katie said to do, fuck the team over. Yeah, I, I saw someone respond to one of my videos saying like, they just need some playmaking. I'm like, oh, you mean like Chris Paul? The guy that they fucking traded for Beal? Like, you had playmaking. And now like, that's kind of all they gave up for Beal. I don't, I don't fully hate it. And I actually think they got, they got a better return than they deserved to get for DeAndre Ayton. I mean, Yusuf Nurkic and Grayson Allen, you turned one starter into two, basically. But like, yeah, this is what happens when you have these super teams. I also think the Nets, the Nets won that trade from like an asset standpoint so hard because Durant made it pretty clear that this is where he wanted to go. And Mikhail Bridges was the best player they were going to get back. To get Mikhail and Kevin Johnson and a bunch of first. And Mikhail? Mikhail and him. Not Kevin Johnson. Oh my God. Cam Tom. Not, not Cam, Cam Thomas. Tom. Cam, okay. Cam, Cam Johnson. There we Cam go. Johnson. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of, it's, it's the best. That's back to the, the basketball um, Mad Libs where it's just something's coming out. It's like a blank spot and it's like somebody's somebody basketball player from somewhere. From Kevin Johnson to Cam Thomas. It's Cam Johnson. It's, <laughs> we all know. But like you got both of them and you got five mm-hmm. first. And I want to say, hey, two swaps. No, Jake Howard wasn't in that deal. He was traded later for that. Everything. They got everything for that. And the thing was like, all right, if Phoenix wins the title, it's worth it. Yeah. Right? That Suns team isn't winning the title. No way. No way is that Suns team winning the title. The thing with the Beal, like the Beal trade is they're not necessarily like they didn't go depth to get him but they they financially constricted themselves to prevent them from ever getting depth ever again because no one is taking on that Beal contract the wizards Mm -hmm. are the dumbest team in the league for giving him that contract they are just fortunate the Suns are stupider for taking that contract on it's massive it's huge like they, they are so locked in to this Booker KD Beal trio. There's no, they, they can't even, like, they're not going to re sign Grayson Allen. Like, they have, they're so financially limited because Booker has a huge, his contract goes up. He gets a huge raise in the offseason. And, like, that eats up what Grayson Allen's contract would have been. Which Grayson Allen, free agent, and next year, could we struggle to re sign him? They're not going to. How have you been enjoying their Chimizzi Metu m- minutes? I know you're an anti-Metsu guy, but Metsu's looked real good for them lately. We've gotten to the point in the King season where our bench has been so bad at times that I've been seeing tweets of like Nemus Keda and Chemezi Metsu box scores. And I'm like, oh my lord. Those guys were the were I mean, Metsu, okay, Keda barely played, but Metsu was pretty horrendous. Um, I think it's good. I mean, if the Suns won some of those games, maybe I'd care a little bit more. But at this point, they're... They're 16 and 15. Are you not buying into the Yudoka Azabuki hype? Uh, you know what? I saw Yudoka Azabuki in college. It was like my first NCAA game. And it was, I forget what college you went to, but I was like, that guy's my, that guy's massive. He's gigantic. If you're all in, you can't be 16 and 15. That's just, that's yeah. just all I'll say. You can't be all in and, and have that kind of record. Um, But so to answer your earlier question, no, uh, the Suns could not trade for Jordan Clarkson. No. Yeah. All right, who's the next guy? Next guy up, another Jazz. And this is actually my favorite Jazz. This yeah, is trade. Just picking uh, on the Jazz. Well, they're like the one of the few teams that's confirmed we yeah. want to sell our pieces. Um, and that is Kelly Olynyk. And I, I think mm. Kelly Olynyk just fits so many places. I've been pushing to trade him to the Thunder to kind of reunite him with Shea, give them another big man who could play next to or uh, in place of Chet and like still run similar offensive stuff. But at $12 million, an expiring deal, this guy is gettable for basically any team i mean he screams like celtics like celtics reunion can denver get him as a backup that could be something interesting i'm not sure who they've been running a backup center recently but deandre jordan the sixers 
Okay, that's what I thought, but I didn't, I didn't know if they had, had, had decided something different. Um, the Sixers, obviously, I could see the Cavs going in. If, if they're like, no, we're keeping Mitchell and I want to win games while Mobley's injured, like, let's go grab him. Yeah, I mean, that, that screams contender. Yeah, and like the Thunder, just it, it's a perfect piece, but like really 12 million, um, just, just for reference, like Mason Plumley is at five. You combine him with Amir Coffee and get to like nine. You're, you're, there uh throwing one more piece like any team could get kelly olenic and if he finishes the year on the jazz what are we doing here folks like the, there is a lack of centers right now this man can space he can play a four or five get him somewhere better that's kind of the end of my like dregs May, maybe not mm-hmm. terry rogier and i should actually say i didn't have him on this list but now that now that quickly is in toronto i think schroeder might be a very similar player, very similar on that Terry Rozier, uh, Dennis Schroeder vibes. If someone he can wants... be traded at the deadline, right? Yes, um, and their contracts are also very similar. I want to say, although I don't know, Schroeder's making half the money. The Schroeder can be traded now. He's past the December fifteenth date. Mm. It's a Laker. He's coming back. Look it. No. Well, yeah. I would hate it. Schroeder's yeah. Been nice. Yeah. Schroeder's been nice. It's like we kind of clowned on that. And okay, here's the thing. I I think I was right on Toronto heading into the season their offense was mediocre they lost their best offensive player now their offense is as bad and their team isn't very good but schroeder has been better than i anticipated i expect him to be terrible but he's been playmaking very nicely he's confident with the ball in his hands he gets to the basket he hits his threes i mean he's going back to la i can see that already you know lebron liked him lebron's familiar with him would you rather Delo or, or, or schroeder i mean it's kind of the piece right yeah and i think i think i at this point i might rather have schroeder Although I'd really rather have Terry Rozier. Like, I don't know if you've been paying attention because Rozier's been a little bit up and down. The scoring started off with like immaculate immaculate efficiency when LaMelo went down. There's like eight games of like 50-50-90 shooting splits basically. And then like a 10 to 2 assist to turnover ratio. He's come back down to earth a bit. But at 29 on $23 million deal for the next couple of years, I think this is the Hornets chance to like cash out for him and get... I don't know, one, one first, maybe one second, maybe one first and like an okay young player. Um, I don't entirely know where I want to see him land. I don't think the Bucks have the salaries. The 76ers have the salaries and he'd be really nice there uh, as kind of a, a maxi yeah, backup. the vibes are and... too good. I don't want Philly to make any trades. I feel like the vibes are too good. Okay. Do you want to ride out with Marcus Morris Sr.? I do. I do. <laughs> what team has the worst, as of right now, which team has the worst SRS in the league? Uh the Pistons? It's not the Pistons. Is it the Hornets? It's the Hornets. I don't know what that says about Terry Rozier. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying his scoring is valuable, but just 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 something to know that sure. the Hornets by SRS are the worst team in the league, and we just saw a team lose 28 straight games. Fair, fair. God, the, the Hornets have a net rating of negative 11. My Lord. How are they worse? 26 <laughs> best the offense. That's just... Well, the, okay, the Pistons lose close games. The Hornets get blown the fuck out all the time. I guess that's fair. They do run up and down the court. Looking like they're, I mean, they've lost 10 in a row. 119 to 133, 112 to 133, 104 to 113, 113 to 144, 82 to 35. <laughs> what, sorry, 82 to 135. <laughs> I'm not okay. the same. Yeah, we, we've done a good job actually assigning places for these teams to go. So I'm just going to go back through. Evan Fournier, I say he's going to end up on
That's a tough one. I have no idea who would trade for Rozier. I'm going to go Evan Fournier is going to Sacramento along with the first round pick. Yeah, you got a spot um, for Clarkson in our Yeah, um, Man, I don't... You know what? Jordan Clarkson's going to be a bull. Bulls are buying. The Bulls are going to be buyers at the deadline. That's my, my prognosis I, I mean, they them. could. They could. He'd actually be a nice bench piece for him. Would, would trading Levine and DeRozan technically still be buying? I mean, I, I, it sounds like selling, but it could be described as buying. It could be. Um, If your idea is to build around when Kobe White and Patrick Williams, that absolutely could be buying. Now, I I didn't have Patrick Williams on this list, but he was he was a guy that I thought they were going to try to move earlier this year because he's a restricted free agent. And it feels like if you don't get him that extension and you're not feeling like you're going to, you might as well trade him now. Any thoughts on Patrick Williams who's going somewhere? Or you think he's going to stay a bull? I think he's going to stay a bull. I just, I feel like when you have a prospect like that, you drafted so, like it was like fourth overall and it hasn't really panned out. It hasn't really worked out. Selling low is kind of the last thing you want to do. And, and so I feel like the Bulls are just kind of going to see it out. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking he'd be this year's Rui Hachimura. Like kind of watching the Rui situation and the PJ Washington situation. It just kind of felt like he'd be the next in that line where you're like, are you really happy with Charlotte bringing him back at like 17 mil? Eh, but... I guess you're probably not happy in Washington trading Rui for was Kendrick Nunn at the Will Forum. Nah, yeah, that was a that's something. That's certainly something. All right, who's next? Next up, we got a pair of Blazers. We got Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant. Grant's deal is uh, an albatross. It may be the worst deal in the league. Um, at what is it like forty million for five years or four more years? After? After this, it uh, jumps up to 40. But right now he's 27 mil, so you could get him. It's just going to spike up. Um, and the Malcolm Brogdon, a reasonable 22 million for some solid point guard play. Ability to play on or off ball. Could you get, man, what's Chris Paul's deal? I'm trying to think of a way Chris for Paul- the Warriors to get off of Chris Paul's deal for Brogdon. Uh, Chris is 30 million, so you could absolutely do that. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking is is the Warriors, and we could talk about that. The Warriors have been abysmal. Um, try to try to get off the Chris Paul deal for a little more. I, I think Brogdon's probably just as good, maybe a little better at this point in the season. Um, I, I I've liked watching Brogdon in those Blazers games. I think he actually plays really well. But that's why I'm looking. What do you think? I like it. Some financial. I, I like the idea. I don't know if it's enough for Golden State. I feel like I feel like they've got that one chip to play, which is the uh, it is the Chris Paul contract, and then probably one of the young pieces. And I don't know if that's enough to get you into a Pascal Siakam deal, but. If Kaminga and Paul and a pick get you into Pascal, I think you have to take that that gamble. It might ruin the rest of Curry's his chances in Golden State, but right now we know doing nothing uh, isn't going to help Curry's chances. Like you got to do something. Dale Davis's son is not enough. I've liked Trace Jackson Davis though. I really have. He's good. I I picked him up in fantasy. I know you beat me to it, you bastard. Like how how the good is that going to make? Pieces, I don't. I'm not. I, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like you like they've just the Warriors are so fucked with this old guard stuff. Not old guards, but like old guard. They they DMP'd Moses Moody last night. Inexplicable. I don't know. I just don't. I, I can't. That's in. That's unjustifiable. Especially with Clay you can't Thompson play that many guards. Yeah, the, I mean they really need to move off of Clay because like he was just hurting them. Yeah, to have a Clay. Chris Paul was trying to keep them close in that game. He was hitting and some crazy three point shots. He was hounding teams on defense. And Gary Payton in uh, the second. His defense was huge when he started picking up Luka full court. Like, you had to play those two guards. You're going to play Curry. And now you've got limited minutes for uh, Brandon Pajemski and Clay and 
Like, Moody, that's just, you can't have six guards in the rotation if none of them can play small forward. The roster is an abomination. That's just where I'm at. I think they have to, it's going to take longer than they have to cleanse it. I, I worry that they bought in again with the Chris Paul deal, and because of that, the end of Steph Curry's career is going to be pretty unceremonious in, in, in the winning because it's going to take, you know, it's going to take this season to get off of clay. You're going to have to figure out the Draymond thing. You're going to have to figure out all these young pieces. I think we're, you know, they're they're two years away from from being able to to make this into something, even if that's possible. And at that point, Steph's like 37 years old, 38 years old. Yeah, it's I mean, this is generally how players careers end is they always end more disappointed than they were at the height. Like, it's hard to tell people about how good Shaq was when they only experienced Shaq in Cleveland or Boston. Mm, Phoenix or something. I mean, all sorts of Phoenix, but it's, you know. Yeah. But still, yeah. I, it's in part why I think Dwight didn't get on the 75 and 75 team was everyone's most recent memories of him are as a bench player. And like, in general, that's what happens. Great players scale down at the end and you either get super nostalgic and only think of Apex or you only think of the ending. That's very hard to like think of their entire career encompassment. With Dwight, or I guess we'll start with Steph. With Steph, his longevity has been incredible. I'll just throw it out there now. He's, I think he'll still be really good, 37, 38. But you're gonna, at that point, at that age, you're going to have to build a team far better than you'd have to right now or last season or something. Um, with Dwight, the reason like it was so unfavorable isn't like the last couple seasons. It's that half of his career was awful. It went from like... Yeah. Basically, after Orlando, it was a dick. He was the biggest crybaby in the league in LA. He was still kind of under underwhelming in Houston and didn't get along with Harden. And then went to this, uh, just this team after team: Washington, Charlotte, um, the Lakers. I guess the end was nice. I'm trying to think of the Philadelphia. Like he was, he was beloved at like, at 12 minutes a night on those teams, mm-hmm. right? But when teams wanted something from him, and he's only 30, you know, 32 years old or something, he he wasn't he wasn't good anymore. You uh, you saw the meme of like who would win more, the current Pistons or I believe it was John Wall, Kemba Walker. Uh, Michael Beasley, Dwight Howard, and who else was in that picture that was Blake Griffin? Blake. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke question. That 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 all retired team can't guard a fucking cone. Kate Cunningham would get fifty on him every night they, without trying. No one's guarding him. Oh, I apologize. Uh, it was not Campbell Walker. He's on the reserves of that. It was okay. Isaiah Thomas. The, the whole back of Taco Fall, Blake Griffin, Taco Lance Fall. Stevenson. Taco Fall is like is like 26 years old. Why is he getting lumped in with all these guys? The thing, hey, Kemba Walker is averaging four points a game in Europe right now. No disrespect. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the only way to have the Pistons be a worse team is to actually be that team. It's worse spacing. DeMarcus Cousins was the fifth starter or in that Blake was off the bench. Uh, Rajon Rondo was for some reason in there. Like these guys were good players. These these guys were great players. Key, key word was was or were. Yeah. Uh, but we, we have segued very far from Malcolm Brockman. I had I'll, I'll bring it back. I had a note about Steph Curry. Just because previous podcast, I think the last time we talked, I said like the Warriors are wasting this awesome Steph season. Mm-hmm. In the last seven games, though, 22 points on 40% shooting. Steph has really struggled. I think part of that is being old 
and having to carry every night is exhausting. And I think at this point, it's caught up to him just a little bit in, in like having to be a super duper star every single game to get wins. But my final trade for Brogdon was Chris Paul and a 2027 first rounder for Brogdon and Matisse Thibel. I like it. Can I offer you a Dallas trade for Jeremy Grant? Trading him sure. for Grant Williams, Tim Hardaway Jr., and whatever picks they can possibly offer. I think right now it's a bunch of seconds. Oh, no, they could offer their 2027 first. But okay. Little Kyrie, yep. Luca, Grant, big three. Yeah. Yeah. Grant, um, mixed bag. Uh, I think he thinks of himself as much more of a creator than he probably ever should be. But he's really good defensively. He is a bigger wing, um, which is something that the Mavericks are desperately going to need. Um, the Mavs, Mavs fans in my life absolutely hate Grant Williams at this point. Tim Hardaway Jr. has actually been really nice for them. Um, but it just, that team is not going to go anywhere. They can't play Kyrie, Luka, and Tim Hardaway Jr. a ton um, and like expect to be a competent defense. Getting Jeremy Grant out there, now, now you're starting to have the makings of a decent defense. I think I like it. I think I like it. it, it you wouldn't be sacrificing too much depth in Grant Williams, sorry, Grant Williams, Jeremy Grant, I really like as the third guy. I think yeah. his his role as the third guy being like a good defensive wing that can really create his own shot. I mean, he gives Harrison Barnes 45 every time he fucking looks at him. Um, that's sorry. The, the, the Blazers beat us a couple days ago. They beat us earlier in the L- season. A little bit, uh, um, a little salty there. <laughs> no, it's just Harrison Barnes is like our defensive stopper and he just lets everyone get 50. But Grant is, is he has the size. Like one thing about him is he's he's legitimately like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, He's not your your shorter small forward. He 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 creates a lot of mismatch problems. Yeah. Next guy up on the board is Zach Levine. Is there anybody who wants Zach Levine? LeBron James does. It, it's a LeBron okay. reclamation project, or it's nothing. Either it's the worst contract in the league. I mean, Le- Levine has to play his way out of this uh, out of Chicago. He can't just sit on the bench. No one's taking a swing on like the five-year, $140 million deal um, unless he's playing. I, the thing is, like, what what are you expecting back from? Because if if they want Herder and Barnes, they can have them. If they just want that, they can. I'll, I'll take a swing at that point. But the price has to be like only the matching salary. That's the price for the fee. Not and even one first. Anything extra. You wouldn't no. consider one first. Hell no. Way too expensive. I mean, I think you're about right. I was just looking at the Lakers' contracts. It would have to cost them Rui... D'Lo and Gabe Vincent. And I don't I don't want to give it's up. It's too that much one. depth. Yeah, it's too much depth. And 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 yeah, I think they've gotten to a spot where they, they have to play it out or just wait for a team to get desperate enough. I mean, Rudy's valuable to the Lakers. Um I was thinking maybe the Knicks with uh Fournier, because you know, an, an OG Brunson, Randall, and Levine line does have two of the least likable all-stars the past three years with Randall and Levine. But like, I don't know. I do kind of like that. I think you've got the ball handling, I think you got that's a good amount of spacing um, for Randall to be able to kind of bully ball his way in there. I think that has a little bit of potential. It'd be really great with a Kelly Olynyk to have a spacing five. and um, But, you know, it, it, like still even Evan Fournier's deal, which is just garbage, it's just it's light on fire money, is half of what Zach Levine is making. So you still have to put in another piece of value to get him. And like, I, I don't want to do that if I'm the Knicks. It's the worst contract in the league. We could blatantly rip off Bill Simmons and do a worst contracts draft sometime. Just if we admit that we're ripping off someone else's gimmick and that we're not big enough of a podcast for it to matter. If we had a sponsor, then we have to worry about stealing content. But prior to that, as long as you say I'm stealing this, I think it's all fair. Oh, game. I said I was stealing it when we stole the spinning wheel for like team of the week. 
which our team of the week two weeks ago, you and Aaron forgot to do, was Boston. And I watched a lot of Boston, <laughs> only for us not to be able to record. And so I want those hours of it my life back. As a Lakers fan, yeah, no. <laughs> as a Lakers fan, I had to watch Boston a lot more than I wanted to. I already had to watch the Beatles on the, Christmas. It was all part of the plan. It was all part of the plan. We just wanted you what to watch plan? Boston. We wanted, we said, we're going to make Nate watch Boston film all week. <laughs> Screw you. Uh, all right. Um, next up, and I I don't know how viable this one is. I considered ranking these guys as like least likely to be traded to, lowest, to uh, most likely. Um, but Jared Allen, because I think Jared Allen has has a fair amount of trade value um again to rip off ben simmons he was mentioning sending him him to uh oh god Bill i can't think of it uh Bill, <laughs> don't do this to Sorry, me man. Just... you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> he was mentioning sending him to okc as as a guy mm-hmm. and i don't i don't quite like that but i do think hey him for evan fournier salaries match up perfectly the knicks now have a center to kind of go with for this year only way you build around small guard is kind of top defense Allen could be a top defensive player. I mean, he's in the deep way conversation. One, do you think Allen will be moved? And then two, where would you see him go if he is to be? The Thunder piece is great because I think they're the one team like with without a center, right? That's that's the valuable uh the value of the Thunder at this point. Let me look at the other teams just really quickly. Um, I always feel like the Pelicans could reconsolidate. That's like I feel like I don't know, okay, I kind of like Valanciunas. I feel like Valanciunas has his moments, but I feel like he does kind of as as an older traditional center, like a post player almost someone that's that that's in more of that model could you see that being flipped a little bit so i don't know that I would move valanchunas for him um but i think val is 31 val is heading into free agents this next year i'd kind of be looking to see like hey can we start looking past val what is our future of this team i think alan would be a nice fit and then as far as mm-hmm. what they could give up for him they have endless fucking wings like mm-hmm. i mean just the non-star wings the non-zion and brandon ingram who are basically wings. I mean, Zion, Zion's an oversized Trey Murphy. at this point. Yeah, you've got... Uh, oversized is is generous. <laughs> Supersized. <laughs> well, so my call him a small four. I'm calling him an oversized three. But, but uh, he's a small four. He's, he's a stretch mark four. God, that's such a mean comment. And, but yeah, so you got Herb Jones. You got a Dyson Dale. Like, he's a point guard, but he's six, six, eight. You got... But Jordan Hawkins, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, any one of these guys would be the second best wing for the Cavaliers. Like Mitchell and Garland are both point guards and they're trying to make them be a thing. I guess maybe they'd be the third best behind Karis LeVert. But like, you know, Karis LeVert and Max Struess, you, you need someone out there. And I think I think one of these guys would have been really nice. Max Struess has played pretty well. I can't believe yes. the Cavs are winning games, though. I Just to sidetrack a little bit, like they're playing Tristan Thompson and George Niang. And they still like they 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 came back against Cleveland and I kind of pronounced them dead. I have to do my power rankings later today for my my possible chairs power rankings. Yeah, the people have been asking for it. It's someone said it's late. That's not true. It's every two weeks. Today's that's the is two weeks on the day. I had Cleveland like 20th because they were already kind of mediocre and with a bad bench and then Garland and Mobley got hurt. But man, tough on Mobley stock for to see them continue to to play kind of fine. Yeah. I mean, you got the one all-star. You got Jared Allen out there. It, he makes it work. Yeah. Respect him, Cleveland. I don't know. I I think they have they have so much overlap that when guys are missing, it, it almost clarifies what everyone else should be doing. Like when Mobley and Allen are both there, they're good, but you've got diminishing returns because they both occupy the same spaces and do similar things. 
And when Mobley's not there, Allen's like, cool, I am the rim-running big man. I'm going to be top in the league in true shooting because I'm just going to roll and catch lobs. And then I'm going to defend the paint. I'm not going to be asked to switch out there and take out anyone else. Like, I, I, I think they're a team built to survive some injuries to those key pieces in that manner. I get that. I can see that. I like Allen as just a pure protector because right now, like, Zion kind of struggles defensively to guard fours. Anyone faster than, I don't know, bowling balls, glaciers. Hey, have you ever Stationary gone to a bowling traffic? <laughs> have you ever like gone bowling to a bowling balls thrown by children? <laughs> like with the I like the like you know the ramp you put at like the front. Yeah. Of the of the yeah. And like it's like those ones. Um, Zion have a tough time standing in front of it, and so like and so at this point having like a really nice rim protector would be valuable. Who's the next guy? Oh, uh, I just gotta say my bit about bowling alleys though, because I am the type of guy who like first game I'm trying to do good, but I really struggle. Second game I'm like cool, I've kind of figured it out. Let me bowl well. And then, like, by the end of the second game, I'm starting to get tired. I'm like, I don't, I don't really care as much anymore. If we stick around for a third game, that's when just all hell breaks loose. And I try to find a six-pound ball and see, like, what's the fastest <laughs> I can, like, get the machine to register I threw this thing down. It'll be like My a gutter goodness. ball, but it'll be like 20 miles an hour. I'm like, yes, I whip that. I hate bowling. I, I like sports and i like like oh we go to i don't do you guys have, have you ever seen a top golf yeah okay so we have one of those like 10 minutes from my house and like that's great love golf i like darts i like regulars the pool like i'm i'm okay at all of these things mm-hmm. i am as good at bowling as i was when i was six years i i like and this, and this thing is i in my first year of college i used to have this friend group and we'd go and do bowling night like every like wednesday or something at like the local bowling alley it was like college night yeah and i i bowled every week for like two months and i still know better at it if That's i get a hundred if i get a hundred i just can't figure it out and the sad thing is bowling is like expensive now like they used to be like oh bowling is like 10 bucks and i i would go like if it was ten dollars i'd go and try to get better because i'm fucking tired of being shit at bowling yeah but now it's like a $25 experience. Like, I'm not going to practice bowling for $25. I'm just never going to bowl. So there's a there's a bowling alley near where my parents live. Um, and when my sister was 13, this bowling alley rolled out a kids bowl free all summer program. Um, and it was like very limited hours. It was like before like four o'clock or something. Um, but you could take a kid 13 or younger and go bowl for free. You also could sign up for like a bowling pass where like the adults could bowl with them. Um, so the kids would bowl for free. The adults for like $40 a summer had unlimited bowling for those three months. The first year they rolled this out, they didn't actually realize or they, there was a loophole where you didn't actually have to bring the kid with you. But if you had a kid, you could sign them up for bowl for free and then buy the adult pass for $40 for unlimited bowling for the entire summer. And it was the first year my dad was like retired. My dad retires and unretires like all of the time. Um, he's a little bit old. He didn't have kids till his 30s. So like um, kind of an older or guy. But uh, and he went bowling and would bowl like three games a day for like a couple of months. I was like starting to break into the 200s and then like, <laughs> th- like threw out his hip or his shoulder. I forget what. And like was like, ah, all right, I guess I'm done with bowling. And I was like, ah, that's Man, what it takes. That's, a, that's the life. That's the life for sure. Maybe one day I'll figure it out. At my local bowling alley, it's a, it's a called Strikes. And it used to be there was like tables, there's like two tables and like yeah. a lane. And then, but then they changed the tables to like couches that face inwards. Mm. And so I'm like sitting, like, like looking at, like looking at like strangers. I'm like, why are we sitting at the, like, I like, I, why did I pay, I pay this money for this table. And now it's a couch facing other people. Anyways, change it back strikes. Ours, ours also has couches, um, which is really nice if I go with a big enough group. So that way we're like on both couches and can face each other. But mm-hmm. I get what you mean because 
if if it's a random other people, you're like, hey. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, it's like, what? what's going on? Okay, how's your day? Next guy, who's the next guy? Next guy, um, I'm only, I only actually have two more because we already talked about Laurie Marketing. Um, mm-hmm. we've got Dejounte Murray, who mm. kind of a disappointing year. Uh, after his last Spurs year, where he was basically a triple double or a was like twenty five eight and eight or something with the Spurs. He's basically boiled back down to like twenty five and five, mediocre shooting. Not the defensive maestro that he once was. Maybe that's disengagement. Maybe it's still there. Maybe it's not. Um, I'm just saying. DeJounte Murray for Zach Levine, straight up. Pair Levine and Trey Young together. Make it happen. I think that's the only option. I'm glad you said that because I was looking through the teams and I honestly had nothing other than garbage for garbage. DeJounte's been so disappointing. Watching him, there were moments where he is like craftier, faster, gets to his spots. Like, man, that's a really tough bucket. But more times than not, he's not paying attention on defense. He's letting guys go right by him. He's like not super engaged. I just don't think his role in this team is super clear cut. Maybe it's Trey Young's fault. I love blaming stuff on Trey Young, one of my favorite pastimes. But I'll say I'll give the majority of the blame to DeJounte for this one. Um, I just don't know what, what the best situation is for him. I feel like maybe the best situation was him being the guy on a team that sucked in, in San Antonio. And that's kind of him translating it from, from that kind of play into all right, serious basketball. What's my role instead of just doing whatever the fuck I want. Isn't as fun. I got to say, it's one thing to be the guy that on a team that sucks. It's a bad thing to be the second guy on a team that sucks. <laughs> like that's true. That's what Atlanta's right now. Like that you want you want to be the guy. It's it's kind of fun to be the guy. You're like, hey, listen, I know we I know we didn't win for 29 games. I promise I'll get you that wing stop soon. But like if you're Cade, you're, <laughs> st- you're still you're still loving life. You're still the guy in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, to be anyone other than Cade on the Pistons was a rough time, and I feel like that's kind of where Dejounte is. Is like. Hey, I'm here too. I'm like second all star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, second all star. It's an interesting, disappoint, super disappointing Hawks season. I had predicted them to be like the four seed. I was just really into Quinn Snyder. Yeah, thought they'd figure it out. And part of it was like Jalen Johnson going down, but also like I can't say why they're bad. Is their unexpectedly good player is now gone again? Because then we're just kind of back to where we were to start. Um, I've never given you credit for this. I think I mentioned passing. In our most improved like breakout pod we did over the offseason, you said Jalen Johnson. Oh, yeah. And we laughed at you. I'm like, Jalen Johnson averages three points a game. That's the greatest poll in history. You should write like a book on Jalen Johnson or something. You're the only person in the in the world that said Jalen Johnson was going to break out. Jalen Johnson's mom did not think Jalen Johnson was going to break out like you did. I had faith. I believed him. I picked him up in like multiple <laughs> of our dynasty leagues. I was like, I'm investing in this stock. Seriously, uh, you're right. I, I don't He's think I was awesome. the only one. I think he had some. I'm pulling up the splits. I want to say post All Star game last year. Uh, no, no. All right, post All Star game last year was still seven points. Uh, in like it wasn't minutes. even like a like a. Oh no way! It was a who? Like who are you? T- like I don't know who that is. Like I've never heard that name before. I like I like my long wings. They start showing me something. I like it. what's interesting is I think I compared him more to like a Paul George last year or in that off season pod. I was like you know. I think he has that potential, maybe not the shooting, but like a little bit of ball making, ball handling, a little bit of driving, um, just long wings that could defend a lot of people. Uh, I don't know that I even saw him being this type of player, which is attacking a lot more, but I mean, I'll take credit. I like it. I like, I'll give I, myself credit for something else. I um like like last season during like the early parts of last season, I came on here and said that Keon Ellis was a great did. player and should be playing. 
and I said that in the off season, I went on um, Joe Star's podcast, State of the League, and he uh, and I said me and Jack both said Keel like Legat for Keon Ellis, and he's like, I have no clue who that is. Totally fine. He's like our he was like our seventeenth guy at the time. Um, I'm like, no, he's like six six and all defense, and he can shoot. And he just has great feel. He has great feel. Not a Jalen Johnson quite break quite type breakout, but uh, but still. I think that's the thing about having anybody who's dedicated to one team or another. Like, and not that I'm dedicated to the Hawks in any way, shape, or form, but when I went on the State of the League podcast, I talked about Christian Coloco, both for the Raptors, who's been mm. out this entire year with a um, respiratory issue and still has no timetable for mm. return. But like, when you have a team and you're that guy, you go so deep on these players and they're, you'll be wrong about a lot of them because like oh, sure. you have this irrational <laughs> confidence because he did something good in one game for you. And maybe that's... Maybe that's what happened to me with Jalen Johnson as I watched a couple of late Hawks games last year. And I no, really you're right, he though. It doesn't matter. You're right. Those hits feel so sweet. That is like the yeah. purest form of cocaine, just hitting hitting your bloodstream. <laughs> I feel like, um, I mean, I've been there a thousand times. And I remember like talking to a friend of mine saying, like, listen, like if you are really convincing yourself that the 15th guy on your team is going to be good, your team isn't that good. Like your team. And I, cause I'm like, I'm like super to Nebus Kata and stuff. And I'm like, maybe I've gone too far. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to bring this almost back full circle, last guy on the list is the Toronto Raptors, Pascal Siakam, 38 million expiring deal, 28 years old, spicy. Where could he be next or in March? I'm going to call it now. Pascal Siakam is not going to be traded. They're retooling. Really? They're re- They're not rebuilding. Mazayu Jerry refuses to be bad. They're, they think RJ Barrett is going to be better than OG, and they're going to keep going. But if I had to pick a spot, I could think about it. Do you have one in mind? So, I mean, the two spots that really, there's three spots that you mentioned all the time. There's the Pacers trade for like Neesmith, Buddy Heald, um, and maybe Obi Toppin, another spare part, something to make a work salary, cap wise. There is the Warriors for Chris Paul and like Kuminga. Um, that works out cap wise or moody or you know some piece there uh and then there's the thunder davis Burton's expiring deal maybe lou dort bringing him back to canada uh and then just a boatload of picks do yeah, any of those excite you Siakam's, i like the thunder one just because they need a center and siakam is that siakam's interesting he's 29 he's 29 and he's currently like the worst three-point shooter in the league which is a little concerning he hasn't always been that it's like he is the hot commodity like the big prize but it's also like it's kind of like the huge teddy bears at the festivals like the, the state fair you're like win a huge teddy bear and you're like i don't want i don't want a 40 pound teddy bear taking up half my room even if i won the grand prize like i wouldn't really i wouldn't really want that it's kind of where i'm at with siakam man i gotta tell you uh, I once, well, I was once with a group that won that giant 40 pound. Uh, I was a minion. It was like uh, actually taller than the smallest member of our group that went there for that day. Uh, <laughs> so that was pretty, pretty fun. But yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. You do want to win that. You, you will have a good time if you win that. I, I, I think someone's going to. <laughs> yeah. Well, they took it home. It, it's, and... it's fun to have it. And you're walking around the fair and you're like, I won the fucking teddy bear. I won the 40. Yeah. You want, you want this teddy bear. And then you get home and you're just like a dude with a teddy bear. You're like, this is not as fun. <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't have to take it home. Although, yeah. I do know that they lit it on fire eventually. And that is how it, it died. It's just, just See, like that's, that's, that's what you would, uh, you, you would light the a Pascal Siakam trade on fire. Yes. Um, maybe you could flip him for something else. What's his contract look like? How long is it? Is it 
38 mil expires next or expires at the end okay. of this year. Like it's, so it's a very movable think, yeah. contract. I don't think you're going to get as much as you think. I think that's the thing. It's like you're offering an expiring deal that's about to get a bunch of money. I just don't think Ujiri is going to like the assets that are coming back. Also, the OG trade, was that as much as you thought it'd be? I mean, for yeah. the last like three years, it's been OG costs four first, OG costs three first. You better have six first and and, the, and your best young player if you want to even talk to us. RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly? What a joke. Yeah, My that's God. that's why I'm saying the Knicks got a steal here. Like the price has been super high for him and and we have not we, we did not see close to that. At uh, that price point, so I, I think I think he's going to be moved. I like the Indiana's for like Neesmith or Matherin plus Buddy Heald's contract. I think he'd be really good down there. They desperately need a four man, um, and as long as they don't give up too much shooting, it, it makes sense. Um, I, I don't know they even give up a pick, but like if it's Neesmith, Neesmith will, will make sense. He's a good shooter. He'll help space the floor long term. And with uh, Scotty and I mean you're locked into RJ. But like conceivably, you could you could start next season with a starting lineup of quickly RJ, Scotty, and Neesmith. and that that team now has spacing and playmaking, and um w- would make a lot of sense in my mind. So I don't think they're going to get a multiple pick package. Just you're not going to with a guy on an expiring deal. But I think he's gone. I don't think he's on Toronto come February. I don't know what the deadline is. Is it February fourteenth? No, it's Valentine's Day. Uh, I think like seventh, maybe a week before that. NBA trade deadline. Nope. Come on. I believe in you. You can tell me what day the deadline is. Google. Google. Key dates for the 23-24 NBA season. Uh, yep. February 8th. And then the All-Star break is the 16th through the 18th. Um, and then March is the March 1st is the playoff eligibility deadline. And that's kind of all the important days. So right. that's... We have about, about basically about a month. About a month of this. Yeah, we're, we're kicking off the trade season right with uh, trades and tangents. That's... Pretty early trade, honestly, with OG. I feel like last season it was like nothing happened until the deadline. Yeah, I think it might have been the Athletics pod where they're like, in the last 20 years, we've had like eight trades in December. Or, you know, everyone gets really hyped. Maybe it was, maybe it was uh, not Woj. Uh, I don't know, one of those other guys on his pod. And he's like, listen, history of December trades. Everyone's like, ah, December 15th, everyone can be traded again. We have like half a trade a year, or like trade every yeah. other year. So it's a good one, though. This is a, this is a spicy one for sure. Yeah. Well, any other takes, or are you ready to spin the wheel for team of the week? I'm ready to spin the wheel. Glad you remembered. Spin the wheel. Oh yeah. Which, as you said, you know, we're not big enough. We can still rip off other people. This is a blatant rip off of the Saturday Slam and Jam, the athletic thick thing. But okay, like. It's, it's also just a good concept. We're not doing trivia yeah. with it. I saved my trivia for the offseason, where we also That's bring true. up guests. I also forgot to remove the Raptors and the 76ers, so if we get them, which we didn't. All right. We got Dallas. We talked some more Luka, which was just unstoppable in that Golden State game, because they apparently decided we don't need to guard him. It's, it was a bold strategy, but uh, they went for it. All right, I mean, they decided they needed to give him like single coverage, and then any pick and roll, he just... <laughs> could easily lob to the Derek Lively all night, but hopefully we'll see something a little bit different. Maybe Kyrie's coming back. I don't know. Any, uh, let's check this. Real I don't know. Quick. I'm surprised his leg is in one piece after, uh, I forget who um, Powell landed on him like that. It looked like his leg snapped into six pieces, but then it just congealed back together somehow. Good. Good to have a leg that's congealed together. Well, Aaron, where can the people find you? Possible shares on TikTok. Possible shares on Twitter also. Or X. 
depending on how old you are, uh, mm -hmm. one word possible chairs in this podcast all the time. I thought you were saying X is one word, and I'm like, yes, yes, Aaron, <laughs> X is one letter. You can find me, hoopstemple at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, find me on TikTok, Nathan underscore Hoops Temple. Uh, I'm going to change that again soon. I want to, I want distance. I want Hoops Temple to be the pod and me to just be me. Um, but find us, hit us up, email us. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we'll catch you later. Na, 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 na.